0: hey everybody and welcome back to big mama hex podcast today we're sitting down with beth glick as in glick's greenhouse in the Oli valley hi how you you doing i'm good i am taping together a pennsylvania dutch
1: cookbook that i got on amazon and i ripped it when I opened it. It's
0: like so old and brittle. Whoa. Well let me see that. Oh that's so cool. Yeah. yeah and they do that the, sometimes. It's from the
1: um where did I see that? It's it's um it's from the Penn State extension, I think. Is that where I saw it? Oh. That? And it's pretty old. And um uh, I oh, had very just cool. I joined a group on Facebook of um Pennsylvania Dutch Recipes. And it's really fun because a lot of people talk about their memories more so than the recipes. Oh, which I love that. It pisses people off who, um, who really like, um, <laughs> who just want recipes. <laughs> like they can't go and just find a recipe somewhere. You know, like if you just want a recipe, you can go online and find a recipe. Yeah. It's,
0: Google it's that. How, like,
1: yeah, not relax. that hard. No. But these people are like, I thought this was a recipe group and there's all this chatter. Oh, I'm like, oh my word. The so people annoying. are so much fun when they talk about um, you know, things that their mom made or their grandma made or different yeah, snacks. Yeah, that's that all have. part of it, 100%. And lot of people and I ask about stewed crackers, which cracks me up.
0: What are they stewed call crackers? It cracker
1: stew. My mom always called it stewed crackers, but they'll say, did your mom make you eat cracker soup? That always cracks me up when they ask that. Did you ever that have that? Sounds... No,
0: I mean, I probably didn't. I have no idea. What is it? They, <laughs> uh, My
1: mom scalded milk and then she poured it over... Crunched up crackers in a bowl and put brown butter on it, um, sugar and salt and pepper, and ate it before it got too terribly soggy. It was—it's really wow. good.
0: Sounds really good. I've never had that in my life. That's in—that's impressive. I, I'll have to ask my mom because I know her grandmother Verna was a big digger and uh, super into all the recipes and stuff. But no, we didn't. My grandmother Olive, which is my real connection to Pennsylvania Dutch culture and stuff, didn't really cook homemade stuff too much. Oh. oh. You know, and, and that's funny. Some of, well, what year,
1: what years was was that?
0: Oh, well, like, I guess she I was
1: remember her by.
0: Well, you mean, when was she cooking? Well, she when, was ready into the TV dinner.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, because see, yeah. you know, like, like stuff like that came out and my mom yeah. who was a really good cook was yeah. very fond of Manwich and hamburger helper and all yeah. those things that made feeding five kids easier.
0: Can you and, imagine? Um, sure. But,
1: But my mom did everything from scratch up until some of those shortcuts. Now, she never made a box cake and she never, um, she never used um, like, um, like canned soup for like a big meal. Like we could have it at lunch and we wanted it, but she would, you know, but she would cook regular food for, you know, but, but um, those older people that cooked all their lives
0: were really happy for some shortcuts. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Can you imagine how, how, like that was profound impact, I'm sure. It was like a big deal for them. Um, yeah, my she'd mom was list of eleven, so she got yeah, a lot. <laughs> oh, you probably know this. Um, my grandmother Olive was Daniel Fisher's daughter, who was the butcher out there at um, the only. Oh, gosh, I'm totally blanking. What's the restaurant called? <laughs> Six sixty two. Oh my, Yellow House. Okay, Yellow House. Right oh, oh, to Yellow okay. House. There was a butcher, so she grew up with like total, you know, you raise the animal, you raise the the food and everything, and it's butchered by dad or whatever, to then, like, being able to, in her early motherhood, uh, you know, get boxed meals and make it super efficient, because she was right. working, too. Like, my family was a little weird. Like, she went to college and stuff. Like, it was, it was very different for, like, the era, and I think that was also part of it, that it just wasn't something that, that brought her a lot of joy. Like, I get a lot of joy out of cooking. Yeah, and where think- did she... Where did she go to college? She went to Westchester. Okay. And they put her in a speech clinic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had all kinds of different things that they would do with the Dieters that would go out of the area. I've heard a that a clinic. lot, actually. Yeah, they would put yeah, them in the speech clinic for the accent.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I'm thinking that the teacher, some of the teachers I had didn't get that clinic. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet. I, bet. <laughs> I think I was, um, I was 20, I was probably 28, 29 years old when I went to California to see my aunt and uncle out there. And my aunt was raised in California. She's a California girl. She grew up oh, wow. in Palisades. And, um, I said, my uncle said to me, do you think you should do this? And I said, yeah, better would. And she said, better would. She said, what's that <laughs> mahogany? <laughs> <laughs> and I oh said goodness, that's so great <laughs> I said what do you mean and she said that's not proper English and I'm like what I mean uh, all my years of school I never I mean I know I said it and I never knew that Betterwood wasn't proper
0: that's so, that's so funny. funny that they wouldn't correct you too because now when she was going to school it was like when public for, public school first started and they were very 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 much against them speaking pencil, Pennsylvania Dutch I almost went Pennsylvania State. Yeah. Um, and they got in a lot of trouble and that was something that I've heard from other people too. But then I guess best forward to, to your, um, your time growing up, I'm sure it wasn't quite as dramatic, but, uh, and nowadays no, it would nobody's, be insane. Nobody, There, there
1: wasn't anybody that I went to school with that, that only spoke Pennsylvania Dutch. I mean, right. by the time I was in school, I mean, everybody spoke English. Now right. I knew lots of kids who spoke some Dutch. There was a girl that I graduated with who had older parents. And they only spoke Dutch, and so she only spoke Dutch at home, but then oh, wow. you know, learned. Um, but but she spoke English by the time she, they taught her English by the time you know, for school. I mean, she didn't, right? Speak, um, sure,
0: so yeah. she was like um bilingual,
1: yeah. But a lot of people, like when my mom went to school, they the, her parents um spoke English at home because they didn't want them to have to deal with that. But right, I mean, exactly lots of, lots of my mom's friends learned how to speak English in school. And that's what the parents thought the school's job was. They were like, you know, we speak Dutch at home. The school can teach them English.
0: Yeah. And I think that's exactly what you just said is the key to answer why people are so for huddled as it were, that like the language is dying off and it's like pretty clear to see there's a linear, um, you can follow it where it was like, parents didn't want their kids to have that um, prejudice against them because of the way that they had been treated with it but it's very it's all very interesting but so Beth where did you grow up I, I don't know much about you we oh well <laughs> let me let me start real quick I know Beth um Beth came to one of my shows at Clay on Main and I met Beth I think we had probably been Facebook friends before that but you brought your niece and nephew I think yeah it was just your niece and nephew right I don't think there was another another kiddo but they were so they were so incredible and, and really a lot of fun to have they, in the they were, the, were doing somebody in was the workshop. About.
1: A workshop, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was like a Fractor workshop and we did yeah, um yeah, that's exactly and, what it was. And yeah. their stuff was like wildly creative and I was like, Wow, you guys are amazing, I love it. And you dropped them off and then you introduced yourself and stuff and then I'm I no I'm sure we had been connected before that. Um, but that was the first time I remember meeting you. I think and I then, met you at Clay Maine before that when you were setting up a show, yeah. Oh, it's possible. I don't remember anything, Beth. I apologize. I'm like a really bad okay. memory. That's all right.
1: No need to. Um <laughs> But yeah, I have a that, really good so, memory.
0: <laughs> oh, good. Well, you're on the other end of that. When I yes. can remember something from a long time ago, it makes me really excited and <laughs> <to> get like <laughs> super excited. Uh, long term memory off, is
1: just. This is off the subject, but um, I didn't go to Pine <laughs> Forge Elementary School. I went to Earl. But when I was little, we lived in Reading. So I didn't even know these kids that they somebody posted a kindergarten picture of Pine Forge Elementary oh.
0: School.
1: And I didn't even meet those kids till seventh grade. You know oh, what wow. I mean? like, I didn't know mm-hmm. them. And I went through that, that picture, and I knew everybody but one person. And I said, that person must have moved because I've never seen that face. And that person had moved by the time seventh grade came around because I knew I'd never
0: seen that face. Wow, that's incredible. Now, my I grandmother, Olive, kids. she had a sharp memory like that. And I just was always, oh. She was telling me things that I should remember ever when she was like 90. So she was an incredible person. Um, Did you take notes? So <laughs> I actually recorded it. My husband and I just okay. talked about it because I said, uh, I'm putting together this book and I really want to include like our conversations that we had. You know, there's a lot there. But anyway, I said, you know, I was like, we, were very, we had a special relationship. Nothing's like offensive, but she had a lot of really cool, you know, anecdotes. So it's like, I'd really like to make that part of the book. And he was like, yeah, do it. Because he's just like, I'll do whatever. But, um, So, and then, and then I put together in my head that, and through your Facebook page that Beth, you are married to Mr. Glick as in the Glick's greenhouse, that it was like so, 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 um, such a wonderful place in our community, um, to buy things for your garden. And also you guys have an amazing display of poinsettias in the, in the winter, which my grandmother was a huge fan, Olive. Uh, She'd come over with chestnut knoll and come over way before that on her own, but, um, Yeah, she's always told me to get over there, and we just never got over there. It's like we're always so busy. It's so annoying. But now that this has happened, we're going to start doing stuff like that because it's like all this time we missed doing things like that. Now it all feels like very precious now, you know? We were able to have the poinsettia show this year, which I didn't think
1: we were, but um, we were able to do that, and that was pretty impressive that we ran it for two weeks instead of three days. So we wow. set up more permanent displays that usually we just use a lot of flowers, but then we have to get them out of there because it's hard on them. But this sure. year we used a lot more stuff and, and, um, oh, it cool. worked out. And we had lots of people and nobody called and said that there was no tracers or anything. Nobody was We right, right. had COVID. So it all, it all worked out really well. Um, and I mean, I, so, Oh, I'm sorry. I just, no, you good. Your first question. Um, my mom and dad, um, met at night school the The Mennonite girls um worked um on the farm until they were 16 after they they only went to school so they were in eighth grade at the, in the country schools and then they would go into Reading and get like domestic jobs and then go to night school oh wow that's how they all I never got heard of DVDs. that yeah that's that's wow. not, and there was a home in, in Reading for girls who to live there like run by the Mennonite church and then that was like the 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 upscale place for employment because these girls knew how to cook and how to take care of kids and how to um you know how they they were good workers they knew yeah. how to garden and can and so um my mom worked for a judge's wife in reading a very affluent woman and she met my dad at night school and they got married and um they got a house in reading and i lived there till i was in 8th um, grade i'm um, no i'm oh, sorry 3rd wow. grade 3rd grade and then, um, we moved down to Earlville, um, right down below yellow house by the Creek. Mm-hmm. And we lived there until I graduated. And then, um, I lived back in writing again until I married Dave.
0: Oh, wow. And we went to the same
1: church. So we were always, I mean, like, you know, I was, I was always around and I worked. For oh, so you time. knew
0: Dave, you guys went to the same church. Oh, we nice. We did. He, I, we met, he was
1: my um, Bible school teacher, um, when I was younger in, in um, Bible school and, um,
0: He had a bad
1: class the year before, and so this this time he wasn't taking any crap from the kids, and I was talking too much, and he made me stay in for recess. And I went home, and I was like to my mom, "I don't like Dave Glick." I said he was mean, and my mom's like, "Well, what'd you do?" And I was just
0: like, "I was talking." (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, Yeah. I was always getting in trouble for talking too. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh my gosh, all the time. um,
1: So 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 I'm from the from I lived in Reading for 25 years of my life, and then um Oli and um Earlville the the other part and I was in the youth conservation corps for a summer. Oh
0: wow. So, yeah. And, where and, um, did you Ding- go where did you Dingmans go there? Ferry,
1: up in um up Dingman's Ferry, um up in um
0: the Delaware Water Gap. Oh okay gotcha. Okay cool. Yeah, yeah that's right. I you know I always forget Glyps is um that you guys are Mennonite is that correct? Are you yes. still practicing? Okay gotcha. Yeah I thought I remember hunting I'm not, I'm not that. a good Mennonite. Dave is a very good Mennonite. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, you're a pretty I'm, good person. <laughs> well, I'm a good, I, I, don't know I, I do about... my
1: best, but I cuss a little too much for a good Mennonite and I have some, um, I'm a little more of a, of a liberal and, and they're yeah. very, you know, they're, they're not. <laughs> so yeah,
0: there, there yeah, are yeah, progressive
1: yeah. Mennonites though. A lot of people in my church are a little more progressive, but, um, you know, in general, I'm just, I always just say that I'm, I'm a, I'm a little, um, you know,
0: a little more rowdy than they are. <laughs> You're like Maria Von Trapp, but what was her original <laughs> name? Right. Cause she, yeah, yeah. she reminds me of, you know, when I, when I watch that movie or whatever, it makes me feel like that's like a true, what I consider like a true, real good Christian person is like mm-hmm. practicing it every day, but also having like love and happiness and, and, and making people feel really good.
1: Yeah. Adventures.
0: You know, yeah. life is supposed to be fun. Yeah. You got it. I mean, that's how I feel too. I, mm-hmm. I'm just about everything. I just don't fit into any of those boxes, but I try and just be kind and that's just kind of what I try and, you know, right. live by. But um, so about Glicks, um, it's such an incredible place to visit. Um, And it's really funny because, you know, when you're on Coverbridge road and then there's the schoolhouse, right. Where the margins live. Yeah. My great grand wait no, my great great grandfather actually um taught at that school, Peter Nab. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. And so I So then to uh, was he
1: was he related to the Nabs mill then?
0: I, they must have been. I'm really bad at the Nab side. I really don't get they must be because actually I was just talking to somebody on Facebook about um he just sold his NAB farm, and I was like, I need to figure this out. I never got too deep into the NAB side, but I have to figure it out because Verner's my special person. But yeah, my great grandmother and all her siblings were taught there by their father, and that was a really cool connection. And then the sign for the Glicks greenhouse is right there, and you guys yeah. have um, provided us with many, many, many amazing vegetables for our garden. My husband's a huge, huge fan, and um, you know, uh, really great service, and we enjoy going over there too. And then right behind. Like when you're at the, uh, when you're at the shop, the shopping area or whatever, if you look to your right, um, there's the Oli Hills. Yeah, Is that what they're called? Yeah, It's so, it's so scenically beautiful. I love being over there and, and taking pictures and stuff. It's like, it's such a nice area of Oli. Did you um, ever, did you ever hit it when the Alpine Glow was out? When When, no. it hit,
1: when, the, the sun, once and maybe two or three times a year, there's a pink hue and um, it gets
0: Whoa. that beautiful glow it's really pretty. I've seen your I've seen your pictures though because you take Beth takes amazing pictures so I don't know if you're if you're okay with people following you on Facebook but um sure. she she takes really mind. great pictures so I can link you if you wouldn't mind and then also no, no, the all. also the greenhouse too because I love your photography and you post a lot of really great stuff on um friends of manitoni which is my absolute favorite place in the whole wide world is the Panatoni. So I, I love the I know too. mine too. It's, and I named my I, dog. Is it crazy? <laughs> did you? Oh my God. Is it crazy Beth, that we yep. live here? And my friend was so appalled that I couldn't, think of something like germany as a place i'd like to go and i literally answered him he said what's your what what is a place you'd like to visit and i said well i'd really like to get a like an airbnb and Oli and just like hang out by myself in like (laughs) a land and he's looking at me like you're insane but it is literally my favorite place in the world you know what we have a
1: guest room downstairs you can come (gasps) and stay there anytime and it's a beautiful oh my gosh it's gorgeous there's a canopy bed and um (laughs) we just painted it and there's original artwork (laughs) hanging and um well and it, it's it has its own little like you can get right out on the front. but It's really it's a beautiful room. You can I'm going to take in.
0: you guys up on that. Yes, I'm going to yes, take you guys too. up on that. I'm not hard to please. I'll be very quiet because I have to talk all day with my children. I'll just yeah, be no, like, yeah, come have and style stay right. anytime.
1: It's it's beautiful. <laughs> be my aunt
0: so fun. My aunt and
1: uncle's come and stayed during the poinsettia show, and he just he was raised in um in Lancaster. Berks area. And he just loves to, he lives in California in the Sierra, but
0: he loves to come back to the Pennsylvania Hills. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, they're so, and they're so magical. I mean, it's like, there's so much history and it's just, it's like vibrating with just, I don't, I don't, it's so hard to explain unless you experience it and you're open to it. I mean, it's just a very special place. It really, really is. It's, it's my most favorite special place I mean I think it might be the beach for me I really do and I hate to say that my mom would be like so mad but I do think it's just so special no I feel the same
1: way and um, I grew up right in a farmhouse right by the creek and then I would go to the creek and that was like after my homework I would always go I mean our yard it was our yard and then a little dirt road that went to the trailer court that was up above our house and then Mm -hmm. a little piece of ground the bank of the creek and then the creek and I would go down there and I would um I would always talk to the creek and um and it was just my salvation because my home life was a little tumultuous. And um when I a, a couple of years ago, this is the truth, I went down to where we grew up and um it was spring, it was, but it was early yet, it was still cold. And I took off my shoes because I always walk barefoot and I probably had mm-hmm. like working socks on and I stepped out on the ground and I got the weirdest feeling. It was I was just like it felt like the creek was like, she's back. Like
0: she's back. Yes.
1: And I was yes. just like, and, and I just kind of moved my feet around. I thought, did I step on something? And, <laughs> and, and I didn't. And I just was like, yeah, it's me. And I Aww. just felt like there was such a strong root connection there. Yes. It was really, it was amazing. Yeah. And it's I'm, not powerful... even, I'm not even like that. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty much like, like, I, I don't judge people and I'm okay with people believing however they want, but I pretty much believe that the way to God is through Jesus, you know? So yeah. and I'm not like a real, um, like, um, I don't, I don't experiment with a lot of spirituality, but right when I stepped into the, when I, when I had that experience and I
0: just knew that that was, that was happening. Yeah. it It's interesting like that. Well, I always talk to people, you know, especially like, um, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't identify as Christian or practice Christianity. I was raised that way, but I think, you know, I call myself like fluid with religion because there's Mm -hmm. things that I took from it that are, that are really important to me and beautiful and the tradition of it with my family, especially, but I always say, you know, the Holy Spirit moves, whatever you call that or whatever you define that as for yourself, but it moves through you in different places and times. And Mm -hmm. I felt it before sitting in a pew at church and I felt it before at the creek. And I felt Mm -hmm. it before at the beach. And like, I think of it as like, you know, you may call it one thing. This is like my view, but then I have the same feeling, but it's just something I don't define it the same way. And I kind of think, generally speaking, most religions kind of have that same Mm -hmm. idea, but definitely feel like that land, that whole area is just very palpably um, alive. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, it's like interacting with either the ancestors or however you would put that into place. But that body of water is very, very special. So I'm I'm glad to see that it's doing well. I don't hear much about it being polluted or anything. So that's that's really good. Um and it seems like there's a lot of support to keep it, you know, cleaned you up and, it, and yeah. going strong. Yeah. Which is very, very cool. Um oh boy we got on the Manitoni and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, so well, it's, not hard because it. it's, it's my first love. And,
1: um, yeah, you know, I, we had our windows open all summer long and we had a fan in one window and then the, it, the, but the Creek window, um, we always had, you know, open so we could just, I could just sleep right by it. And, right. um, and that was just my favorite thing. And, and we would always, we would sleep down by the Creek a lot with just, um, sleeping yeah. down.
0: Yeah, I bet. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, my grandmother, Olive, uh, she grew up like the Manitoni was the place to go in the summer to swim. And it was just such a part of her childhood that then it kind of transferred to me when I moved out here and got really a lot closer with her. Um, And I just fell in love with it too. And I'm just, I've told my husband a million times, you know, he likes to move and stuff. Like, never move. And I love it here. <laughs> I, I've, I've just, yeah, I'm I like home and I'm not leaving. <laughs> But that's what I told David. Even when I put my
1: furniture around, I was like, "It's staying where it is. It, it looks yep. nice. There. That's where it is." I, I like things. Yeah. But but um but and, and the house. I mean, like, I'm just happy to live by the Manitou.
0: Yeah, me too. I hear you. Well, I don't live that close, but you know, I like being yeah. close to Oli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll ever get too Oli um proper, but I'm close enough. I feel really good about are you it. In um, we are in Boyertown, right in town. Yeah, which is nice. Um, yeah, that's very nice. And I and I kind of have, you know, I'm really in love with my house. So it reminds me of the house I grew up in, which it was not a great um, experience. My my family broke up, my parents, and I missed that house a lot. I was really connected to that house. So this house reminds me of that house. So it's, it's very special for me. So I told him, I know we don't have enough rooms, but we're just going to make it work. Um, but I wanted to pivot now and talk to you about your work, um, which I think you call it doodling. Am I right? Yeah. Which I love. For a lot of reasons, um, but especially I this call new it piece. doodle art to to please people because, and when I call it doodle,
1: they are like it's art, and when I call it, you know, but I mean, I know it's it started as doodling, so
0: I just call it doodle art. Well, the reason that I like it, Beth, is because I I was spent a long time learning how to be an art teacher, and what's what's really cool to me is that um, there's tons of science that proves that when you actually are a doodler you actually remember things a lot better so you have like sort of you've made yourself a sorry about my alarm you've made yourself a photographic memory of the information you're receiving even if you're in math class like through the doodle which i find really fascinating as far as the brain works you know so i always think of doodling as really really like in the hierarchy super Im- impressive and and a lot of uh, respect for that but i also i think that you probably don't use a lot of pencil and you just go which is also really cool, right? You don't really plot it out first, you just kinda no, go. No, I don't I just go, right? That's very cool. The only
1: yes. recently um, I had an idea that I wanted to do. Did you see that the
0: writing piece that I did? I'm obsessed with it. I <laughs> love it. I love I it. I did that, that on my phone. Stop I it right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I did that it's on the gorgeous. phone with um the Pixart app. I started just with a blank page. And I and I made the font and then I filled it in. But the reason I used the phone was because I had specific ideas that I knew I would have to, if I used my Sharpie, I would have to yes. keep starting and stopping. So I just yeah. did the whole thing with the phone with the stylus.
0: With um I have a Galaxy Note 2. I did the wow. whole thing with the phone. That's really impressive and incredible. I, I'm like obsessed with it for a bunch of different reasons, Beth. But number one, like I studied graphic design and it's it's just gorgeous. The way it's designed. Number two is because, you know, you you must know Dave Klein. You must know yes, Dave sure. Klein. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. and and he really made me fall in love with Reading because he's a real Reading enthusiast. Yeah, and and then more recently, I interviewed my friend Sarah, who's trying to um, get together this like functional um, like learning farm space in Reading, right in the park. I apologize, I don't know that the pagoda's in. And she's right off the Gravity Railroad. I'm sure you know all of these Eggerman? places.
1: Or,
0: no, yeah. no, what's is Egelman's no. up there? But I don't know what's it's the right where the pagoda is. I, I apologize. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Yeah, your <laughs> your memory is better than mine. But um, she's doing a lot of efforts for that. And we talked about how, like, you know, Reading's a really incredible place with so much history, and people just like, you know, are intimidated, which I'm I'm definitely guilty of that, um, and put off by it. You know. But right. anyway. So those were the many, many reasons that I really was so impressed by it, but also just, I mean, it seems like when I look at your work and I know that you don't have to plot things out and stuff, you just have this, this creativity that just, that's just flooding out of you, which is really neat. Uh, You know, it's not like this inhibited or I have to like figure all this out first or you know all the innocent intricacies or like um you know crazy stuff that some of the artists do. You know, right. so, including me, including <laughs> me, being intimidated to take the leap and just make the mark. Like I, I'm always really impressed with people that can like have the balls to just make the mark and pardon my French, but just go for it. And so yeah, I I would love to talk about all things about your writing. Um, what would you call it? I mean, I would call it like typo- typographic, like um design, but uh, that's super. I mumbo just call the writing doodle. <laughs> I love it so much. So, how did you come up with like uh, what? Like, what prompted you? I think did was there like a was there a contest or something? Did no. you hear about the pretzel contest? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No, I, for it I. Because you,
1: I just did it because I love writing, and I had some ideas. Oh. Um, somebody had asked me for a logo for their their business, um, and they wanted a few things from Reading hidden in it. And then when I did that, I started thinking of all the things that, that I would love to do in a writing, um, like in a writing, um, font, you know, like doodle. And so that's where that came from. I, I didn't know. I mean, I did it because I love writing. I didn't know about any, any, um, I mean, you know, I didn't hear of anything else. I just, I never seen anybody else do it. I just, I just did it because I thought it would be fun. It's super cool. Yeah. I think,
0: um, Michelle, um, Michelle Lynch is a writer for the Redding Eagle who I just know, like um, she's part of the Burks trust. When I was doing grad school, I was like trying to get, I don't know. I was trying to get information from everybody. So I ended up meeting her and she had reached out to me that they were doing some pretzel um, art contest where you would like submit the same size and make pretzels or whatever. It was really cool, but I wasn't sure if it had anything to do with that. So um, Mm I just did a pretzel because writing's
1: a pretzel pretzel town.
0: Yeah, I don't know anything about Reading. I got to learn more because now I'm I'm really interested, and I know Reading um, had a- Bachman
1: Pretzels. It's Pretzels. Um, Tom Sturgis. Oh, yes.
0: Just like oh, a lot Bachmann's.
1: of a lot of pretzels originated in Reading, and then there's Bell Alley where they make those good fresh hot pretzels. So mm. Reading was called the the Reading. Reading was called Pretzel City for a long time.
0: I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. Now, now my mom and my grandmother and my great grandmother did a lot of shopping in Reading. They would go, you know in Boyertown or Oli, my great-grandmother, uh, they'd go to Reading for the shopping and stuff, but I yeah. don't know that much about it. I, I got to get more on it because I know um, I, I applied to be a teacher in Reading for the for an art teaching position, but I didn't end up, it didn't work out just because it, it was too far and stuff, but I'd like to get more information and get more involved over in Reading because I think there's a lot lot of stuff that can be done and also, um, you know, give it some more props, you know? like.
1: <laughs> I, I, I that's, know. <laughs> and that was one of the reasons also why I did that. Be, and I was one, I, yes. I toyed with the idea. I didn't think it was, I mean, you know how, I don't know how you are, but when I do things, I don't really put that much thought into it or how it's going to be received. I, I express it. And then I put it on Facebook or on my doodle site yes. or whatever. And, and then right away, people said, get that copyrighted. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I did, I, I did. I got it Smart. copyrighted. And then I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do t-shirts like that for, um, because I made it during COVID if, if I could do t-shirts, um, to raise money for, um, some kind of COVID relief.
0: Oh, that's so cool.
1: I would like to, Um, I mean, that's
0: what I would like to do. Well, let me know if you need any help. I I can get you uh, hooked up with a site. It's called Zazzle. I don't know if you look, you want them to be like real screen printed. Zazzle uses a, a, a method where it's kind of almost like, um, like the iron on, but it's, a lot more permanent. We've gotten some, I've, yeah, I've done some stuff through Zazzle and I like it only because it cuts me out of the middle. Like I don't, you know, I don't want to have to order a bulk amount of silk screened t-shirts and people can just directly buy it and you just upload your design and then they can pick like the color and stuff. So let me know. I can
1: hook you up with that link. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That would be so awesome. And and to that that point, um, (laughs) <laughs> which you guys should check out Beth's work. So you said you put it up on a doodle site. So what is that site? Cause
1: I don't know if I um, have that. My doodle site, it's on Facebook. It's just called um, doodle art by Beth Glick. Oh, okay. I mean, I I'm you. not real diligent about updating it. I try to no, do like yeah, but...
0: something up. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so, so people can go check out the stuff that you do and you've done a lot of really cool stuff. Um, also on pumpkins, like beautiful work. Um, yeah. Oh, I do pumpkins so and
1: I do, um, you know, like mugs and, um, yeah. um I, you know, all kinds of things. I do on not anything chargers. I did a lot oh, of here chargers. Are.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool. And, and also Beth, um, did, oh gosh, this tree. Okay. So Beth's cover is a tree. It reminds me of like the Pennsylvania Dutch like tree of life deal, yeah, that's and it's, it's, but it's, it's so much cooler. <laughs> because it's like I'm so drawn to like the very super graphic element of your work because it's just the black and white. It's so like powerful. Um I love it. It's very, very, very pretty. Very beautiful. Very, very beautiful piece. Um and you know, I always think of it like I would always doodle because I had like B V D and I was like a nervous, nervous person. And it always really helped me a lot. So, you know, when you when you call it a doodle, I always think of it in like a very positive way. Cause it like was a good thing for me, you know. Um Yeah, when but when I was um
1: about four I was really Richie in church, Richie. Mm, and yes. my mom gave me the church bulletin and a pen. Yep. And she said, "Just and and that I continued to to this day. If I go to now, we have church um, online right now, but when I go to church, I grab the doodle, the church yep. bulletin, and I doodle on it. And I still do. And um, I used to like sometimes I would get bored. Um, like I I would start writing the notes from the sermon backwards or upside down and yep. doodle around them. And um wow. I doodled all through school and in 4th grade my um my 4th grade teacher who was Mrs. Fisher by the way Oh
0: related to you Hilda
1: Fisher oh, Hilda
0: oh absolutely yeah. yeah yeah
1: Yep she she didn't like that I doodled and she took my pen and oh. and, and um I'm notebook so... away from me and she said you're going to listen and I was like okay but you know what I talked so much because I wasn't me doodling too. She was like you know what here and she gave it back <laughs>
0: That's so funny, that story, because <laughs> Hilda was, like, the sweetest person ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like... But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, she's. Um... She, was, she was sweet, especially after fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, after you. Well, I know. Well, I was a talker, too, so I was always in trouble. And it's really annoying because I'm like, you know, now look at us now, Beth. We're, like, the community people that keep people together. I don't know. We, like, get people through stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Well, because we're, we're communicators, communicators. we're communicators, yes. and that's what I tell people. Interpersonal person When they field, say, "What's yes. your gift?"
1: I say, "My gift is communication. The I can communicate." Gap. That's well yes. and, and communication, like I can make eye contact with somebody and tell them yep. what what the problem is, and whether yep. you know, like if they ask, I can be honest and say, "Well, you know," or you know, I can I can just relate to most people on on some kind of level. Yeah, yeah.
0: And but you know what's Fisher? I liked
1: her. A lot, <laughs> um, especially like I said, once I got
0: through fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. She's she was a really, really neat lady and very um, kind. Um yeah, oh. it's not always it's not always been easy for us as like sort of the diaspora of the family that like left the area to like get over there and be allowed to come in and welcomed. Um, but but Hilda and Frank and then Steve and and yeah. Margie were particularly very kind and welcoming very, very kind people. Well, us, when so. I
1: got married and moved to Ole and Mrs. Fisher saw me, she just was so excited that I got married to Dave and she, <laughs> he would, every time she'd come to the greenhouse, she would look for me and give me a hug. And I mean, and then she invited me and my sister over to, um, to look, my sister wanted to go and, you know, see the farm. And yeah. so she was really, she was, you know, and I used to call her after I got out of fourth grade, I would call her, you know, Every so often to talk to her and chat. And she was always kind to us. And so, I mean, She's so I, sweet. I, I enjoyed her. Like I said, once
0: I got out of fourth yeah. grade.
1: Oh, no, I, I hear learned, you. I, <laughs> I learned to really
0: love her. All of my teachers would say the same thing. And and a, men, a, many of them are friends of mine now because my mom taught at the school that I went to. And oh. it would have been <laughs> the same thing. But the neat thing that Hilda did for the whole family, all of the Fisher descendants, is that she made these amazing note cards all over the house. With really important information, and it was incredible when I went through with um with Margie a few years ago and uh looked at all of them, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool that she took the time to do this so it she was like, her it was heritage. like a museum yeah yeah and it she, was lo- really she cool.
1: loved her heritage and yeah. um and she was a very very um very good at perpetuating the knowledge of the area you know and, and yeah. Keeping it along. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah very very cool lady um and family um so it was cool that I had her I mean that was a little piece that of is me right but you know yeah, the, so you, she had me the year after I moved from the city to the country
0: oh, and gotcha. so we
1: were still like little city kids you know like sure. like we would ask if there was bomb scares and stuff and they yeah. would look at us like we were like <laughs> heathens. you know but but where we came from
0: you know it was it was a real thing you know yeah sure that's wild um, so you probably know Mrs. Wade then. She was the secretary.
1: Do you? MJ? Uh, Wade? Yeah, I, I know Mrs. Wade, but um,
0: when I was in school, it was Miss Winings was the secretary. Oh, Mrs. oh my gosh. At Earl. My, my son's teacher was Mrs. Winings, but not the same Mrs. Winings, but <laughs> probably the daughter-in-law. She was an incredible lady. So I'm um, off on that tangent. No wait, anyway. let me see um, if
1: I can get back to you here. Hang on.
0: Oh, okay. I have let me see if this will work oh there we go okay okay cool and the other really cool thing that you do too yeah. um Beth is you design really cool uh I'm just thinking off the top of my head is the pumpkins that then you put the succulents in uh-huh. didn't yeah. you have like a workshop for that I I love we did. that we it had a workshop cool. for, for them in the fall and then
1: also I did for the little kids we did unicorn pumpkins um they didn't have the succulents but they had like the um horn and um Flowers and and the kids had such a the little girls had such a good time making them. Oh, that's the really. Our
0: we did like you know just pumpkin workshops with different yeah. things to do with pumpkins. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because succulents are my favorite because I'm, my husband's the green thumb. I don't do very well with the house plants. I tend to either over or underwater them. So succulents are my friends because you can't really destroy them. But you know what else is very interesting? I got I was gifted two poinsettias last year. And both of them have survived through the whole year. And I said to my husband, I was like, I think it might be like my spirit plant because it's (laughs) like the only plant I've not been able to kill. It's like incredible. So I really like it. It, And it changed and it got really weird and awesome. I love poinsettias; they're awesome. Um, Did you um? Did you get it to bloom again? I mean it's been blooming the whole time because we kept it inside and we have really bright kitchen lights. and I think they're like some kind of grow light by accident. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> they light. just they need um they just need 12
1: hours of total darkness and 12 hours of light in September. To oh. bloom. So if your kitchen is dark at night, oh. you know and it doesn't have like a night light, then that would totally do it.
0: Yeah, no, It we never can get the lights completely off, so I'll have to remind him that we'll have to maybe move them somewhere else. <laughs> that's like, we have cactus and poinsettia. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people put them in closets and stuff. That's why we turn out all the outside lights oh. here in
1: September, the barn lights and okay. everything. And then the okay. only plants that don't get really, really well are the ones that are close to the road that get like headlights. So they yeah. get a little
0: bit, you know, stunted, but everything else, you know. Sure. yeah. Oh, that's incredible. So, how much do you, are you involved in the actual um, greenhouse? Do you do a lot of the work there too? I do. I used to be a little more involved. I, I there's certain things I like to do. I like to
1: transplant. I love to sweep the greenhouse. I love to go out and make it look nice. And I, yeah. do, I do cooking for the employees different times of the year. Um, Ida Dave's mom always fed. He only had one or two employees or three at the most, and she always he always came in and she gave you lunch. So when I worked oh, here in the neat. summers, you know, I always ate here. So we can't do that all the time, but we do it a couple times a year during the poinsettia show, and, and in the Saturdays in in May when it's really busy, and then different times when they have like when they do big jobs, we'll make like a big breakfast for everybody, and then uh, I I like to um, I like to transplant and I like to sweep and and then I do a lot of things like they had a a workshop just this weekend and they needed Valentine picks you know for the the planters so I just I, I ordered a bunch of little things and made a lot of picks.
0: Things like oh, that's that, awesome. I do a lot of yeah. I
1: do a lot of the background work.
0: Yeah. What is your
1: favorite plant? Um my favorite plant um I I really like the little rosette succulents too. The the mm. little ones there's they're so beautiful.
0: Yeah. Succulents are the best. I love them. And I just discovered air plants, are they called. I don't know. Oh, they, cool. need, they, they need they need even nothing. less. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> Oh, oh yes, I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about the masks because uh, so Beth, at the beginning of quarantine, as a Facebook friend of hers, I saw her wildly sewing masks for people for the community, and it was incredible. I think uh, the last I had heard, did you make like five thousand masks mm-hmm. or something? I did. And you had your nieces and nephews were helping you at one point, I think, right? they they helped me to size them and um
1: they flipped them. Yes, they would, their little fingers could flip a mask
0: much faster
1: than mine. I would sew masks and they would flip them as fast as I, just really quickly. And, um, so they were flipping masks for me. And, um, and also I used their, their dimensions. They're, they're some of every age. So I was able to like size them up, you know, with my, with their faces and, but yeah, they flipped like crazy. They were, they were wonderful. And they also helped me cut out and cut elastic and, um. They didn't do much. They didn't do sewing, but they were able to do almost everything else, pair up fabric and um,
0: yeah, they did. Yeah, that was an incredibly generous thing that you were doing and, and very, very kind of you and um, grateful for you to be able to, to make the time to do that. Um, and certainly a really cool lesson for them to see um, in kindness and, and right. community spirit so that's
1: very very cool i was, they, I was they really knew that, excited about that they knew that they were that we were um giving them out that we weren't selling yeah them, and then right some people people left donations i mean people were generous and and they oh that's cool they, they um they helped me when i had like i had plenty of money to buy um you know like more elastic and um, yeah things like that but um yeah we we just we gave them out um i don't even know who who got most of them they there was a a helping each other through COVID on Berks County, a site on Facebook. Mm. And um, I put it up there that I would do that at first uh, for essential workers. And so the people would tell me how many they needed and their name. And I would, I would make them and put them out in the porch in a bag with their name on it. That's awesome. That's how the first um, 2000
0: got distributed. Wow. That's incredible. Cause I know my mom was sewing them too and she couldn't get elastic at all. It was really hard. And then we both, we couldn't get any white thread or black thread. It was like it was a really wild year. Like I wish we had written down more of this stuff because it's like I was talking to Rachel Taylor. I don't know if you know her. Over, I, know, um, yeah, I know Rachel. Okay, cool. Um, and she was saying how they're gonna, cause she works with the uh, Boyertown Historical Society. They're gonna put like a time capsule together, and there's a lady who's been keeping a journal, and it's like that's a really good idea because this is like gonna go down in history as one of the most historically. Wild experiences. I don't know like oh, absolutely. I mean, and you know, it's when um when
1: I started making the masks, there was two things that I had going for me. One was that my mom had left me a, a huge well, she always she could never pass up a sale of good fabric. <laughs> yes. so I had tons of fabric in the attic, just a whole shitload. And then, um we had gotten yards of elastic at a swimsuit factory that went out of business that had, be good elastic you know elastic Whoa. that was made to wear in water and yes. so it, it 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 was really good elastic so I had two 500 yard spools of that oh wow oh that's so I didn't really great elastic for a while but I did eventually use both of them and I also would rip big
0: wads of it off to give to people you know yeah that's awesome yeah yeah, I know. We were starting to use like um spaghetti straps from like tank tops. You know, those yeah. are working okay, but well, boy, what a what I a year! I cut up a lot of I cut up a lot of t-shirts too that were real yeah.
1: stretchy. Gap Gap shirts worked really well, and um, made made ties for um the greenhouse. Like, would go around the neck and then tie at the top. They were yeah. they were nice. The greenhouse staff really liked those because they could let them hang down when they weren't wearing them. Like if nobody was around.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. I just saw that kind of design for kids. Cause I'm like, my kids haven't been back to school. And I just, my son is, um, he's like on the spectrum and he's got real sensory issues. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just can't imagine him having a mask on for more than like 25 minutes, but they make them now where it's like a, kind of like a bandana and it just like yeah. is tied up here. And then it's just like a bandana, which is very yeah. cool. So I need to and like, like hang around his
1: neck and he just has to pull it up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, fits really nicely up here. It's not yeah, like a regular bandana nice. where it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So I was that like, would be good maybe I'll just... yeah, I was like, this makes a lot of sense. But yeah, what a, what a strange time. But, um, you know, anyway, <laughs> and you know what? I had kids fabric up in the attic and a lot of people didn't
1: have, cause you couldn't get it. It was just gone. Kids oh, wow. Family. I had some really cool fabric that was up there. So that was, I was able to make a lot of kids masks early on for kids. Um, because you could not find fabric. Isn't that crazy? It all just disappeared overnight.
0: Yeah. It was such a weird experience. Like not even just the virus, but all of those extra things that happened. Like, like, why do we still not have Lysol? Like things like that. It's just very also strange, you know, but I mean. Oh, no, it's
1: it's weird. Yes.
0: It's it's like bizarre. It's almost like sometimes I'll just step back a moment and be like, legit, we're living a science fiction, like the novel. It's just. (laughs) much Look, and, then, and then you know <laughs> go ahead no that's what it feels gonna, like it does but then I'll go to the Manitoni and like have like an experience that like gets me out of my house and out of my head and grounds me and brings me back into like you're very small in this large large world and don't you worry and everything's cool like just relax but yeah I know I don't know Beth it's it's tricky It's it's tough
1: it, it is, but um, you come down and stay in that room when you feel like that. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: oh my gosh. Are you on the Manitoni? Like I'm trying to figure out, so your house is right there at the We're right by house,
1: right? the bridge. we're we're is okay. between us and the Manitoni. We don't have we don't have access to the Manitoni on our property, but we're right by the bridge, and then our neighbor, Joe Ruth lets us go down there and we can all get in the water down at his place. Oh
0: wow. That's so cool. I can't wait to um do that. I'm definitely gonna come. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whatever you guys want me to bring, I'll break. And I just be like, hey, I'm just gonna take like a day away from my family. I just, you know, I'm trying to put together a book and it's it's very difficult. There's not really quiet time right now. And I love Mm -hmm. my family and I'm really glad we're all safe, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot to just not be able to have any quiet time.
1: (laughs) Well, it 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 has changed the dynamics of families, even parents who are really patient. That have to teach their kids things that the kids, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it. school was a good idea for people, you know, parents who were planning to homeschool already planned that, you know what I mean? Yes. And that's another thing, but parents who aren't equipped to homeschool and have to,
0: it's, you know, that's rough. And you know, the thing about that too, Beth, because I actually happen to really love the idea of homeschooling. I just haven't taken the dive. But even homeschool families, they get out and they do a lot of stuff. I mean, they get right. out and they do the all house stuff. 24/7, right. And it's just, I think you're so right. I think it's completely changing the dynamic of family and also just parenting. And this idea when you have a child that you're like, oh, well, I just have to get to five and then they go to school. And then it's like, magically, I have free time. And, and that's not really okay to like lean into that. Cause that's not the school's responsibility. And it's, you know, as an educator and a parent, it makes me kind of bonkers that people are like, no, you're there to babysit my kids. So like, get back to it. You know, you know, it's, that it's commercial
1: for Staples, when they used to sing, it's the most wonderful time of the year when the kids go back and that person was flying through the store. Yeah. They used to make me so mad because yes. I, 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 I got, I really, I, I was like, are people really like that? Cause my mom, people are, my mom hated September she lived for the weekend oh. and she loved summer and Christmas and she always wanted this home she I mean she was oh, glad we could go too. to school and learn, but sure she, but she lived for summer when we'd be home with her and I'm gonna um, she, make me cry that's sweet <laughs> that's
0: and, the, that's and, me Beth that's so sweet and so
1: when I saw that commercial I was just like oh my word I can't believe people, I know my mom was just not like that
0: it's it's not no I love being around my kids and I actually get really sad in September And I'm like, I I, I miss them a lot when they're not here. And I actually like them being home. I think I would totally be open to homeschooling, but it's like that element of being able to like leave the house and do something Yeah, it's really important for them and for us, you know, but I don't know, it's just tricky right now, but we're all going to get through it and it'll go back to probably a better normal after this, where we're more um, kind to each other, hopefully and more great grateful. I think, I think, that I've will seen be a lot of a, a lot of people. and then yeah, and then
1: other people will be the way they are the ones who who oh yeah, you know who they are
0: <laughs> oh yes we we do know who they are um yeah they've, they've <laughs> never had a grateful day in their life, but um you know it <laughs> That's comes a on, good way to put it, it it comes on all sides, so it's really interesting because some people have really shocked me in my life that I thought would be much more um compassionate for like essential workers or teachers or like the education system and really have really blown my Head open because it all comes down to whatever background you're from or political leaning. If you're a selfish person, then you're a selfish person, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're just not a compassionate person, you're just not a compassionate person, and it sucks, you know. And it's all walks of life, all religions that I've noticed. Um, but yeah, it really shows uh, the good in people, but also the really, really ugly too. So, but it's just like you it's know, like driving. <laughs> I mean, oh,
1: yeah, you, you know, driving somebody, you know, for a while, you can tell what kind of person they are.
0: It's such a good point. It is like driving. It's a lot like driving because literally like you're walking through the store and being like, Well, this feels pretty safe, but like people are almost like armoring their COVID against people. It's just a <laughs> banana time. But I think the masks have been really effective and actually, especially in schools. So thank you for your efforts with that. That's been very, very well, you're cool more to welcome. watch. Um, so I think we pretty much touched on everything. The only thing that I didn't ask you about is uh like pia dutch experience in general like what what thoughts do you have on the modern um the modern culture or or any of the the heritage like anything any thoughts on that path? you can lean into that if you'd like we have a couple minutes (laughs)
1: um i i i never knew not being dutch you know what i mean like like yeah. we we grew up using the Mennonite community cookbook, which had beautiful Dutch illustrations in it. We played Dutch Blitz. We had barns with hex signs. We went to Zerns, which was very Dutchy, you know, green oh, yeah. dragon. Um, and we we always had a lot of um, you know, like like Dutch food that was just like chicken pot pie and um stuffed peppers and um, you know, all those things that that were just how we ate, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I went to a Chinese restaurant when I was um 14 for the first time and I had an egg roll and I couldn't believe how good it was. Honestly, uh, I love Pennsylvania Dutch food because I because I grew up with it, but my first love is would be like Greek, Mediterranean. Um I love Greek. The first my neighbor had was Greek and anyway, she made me moussaka and I just couldn't believe how yeah. good it was. <laughs> Oh, like, yes. I, I can't believe food tastes this good, but, um, yeah. but my mom was a really good cook. I mean, and, and I loved her food, but I just couldn't believe that when you got different spices and things in your mouth, how good they mm-hmm. are. Um, As far as Dutch, I was always happy to be Pennsylvania Dutch. I was always happy to know a little bit of Dutch, like to be able to, to listen to them talking. And, and I was, I loved our heritage. Um, I am, um, I'm glad to see that people are happy to um to connect with it like in a group like the Pennsylvania Dutch recipes site that's on right. people are so thrilled to connect, especially people that live in Idaho and Missouri. And they're yeah. so happy to come onto a site like that, that has um, recipes and memories. A lot of people, like I said, complain about that, but mm. I don't know how to separate. And I, this is what a comment that I made today is I don't know how to separate Pennsylvania Dutch cooking from memories because Truth. Our, our first memories were cooking. Yeah. With our mom, like, like when I was four, I stood up on the pot to dump the, the, the Popeye noodles into the pot, you know, she put Mm -hmm. me on a chair and she, and she said, you drop them in one at a time while she stirred. And then by the time I was nine, I was able to roll out my own dough and make it. And all my memories are, are very, um, and I helped her roll out, you know, like, um, you know, dough for shoe fly pies. And, um, um, and she always made the milk dressing, um, with, um, vinegar and sugar and a little mayonnaise and milk. And she put that on spring lettuce or watercress. And she'd send us down to the spring to dig the watercress out. And there was all these salamanders in there and we would be like, ew, but it was our favorite <laughs> thing. <laughs> and she'd always make carboiled <laughs> eggs to go with it. And it was such a Dutch thing, but you know, I didn't yeah. know that when I was little, but so I shared some of these memories on that site and people are so excited about it. And they, um, and and. I'm glad to see it's young people too, you know, learning about these things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's exciting to see, especially when we were growing up. I mean, my mom left Boyertown. She wanted to get away from it. You know, she was not happy um, here and wanted to have um, a more diverse experience. So she left and then, you know, you know, then there's like repercussions from that where I didn't feel any connection to where I grew up because there wasn't anybody Pennsylvania Dutch and I was like the weirdo nobody understood like what the heck was with this girl (laughs) so you know it's very interesting um but yeah I love how you said that um you know I can't remember like how do you separate cooking or recipes from memories and it's so true exactly so true if you don't Yeah. I mean, if you don't have that, I don't know. That's so interesting. And that might be something that's just different in, in the kind of people that we are when we do cook and people like, you know, that don't find joy in it. Um, because it's, it's very, it's a neat practice. It's almost like doodling. It's very meditative and takes you, you know, you fully immerse yourself in a very tactile experience. And then you get, got get out of your head and you also just like enjoy, and then you enjoy sharing it with your family and seeing them enjoy it. Like I always get really excited when my family likes the stuff I make, especially my picky eaters, because that's like the challenge, you know? Um, it well, yeah, always so looks cool. so good. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you. I try. My oh my gosh. I try and inspire people because it's really hard to like eat healthy. And I'm just trying to keep myself going because Like I really miss all the stuff that I'm not like supposed to have anymore. It's really, it's really hard. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's like an everyday struggle. So I try and like jazz myself up by like taking nice photos. But (laughs) Yeah. It's,
1: you know, I shared on the, I'm not vegan, but we never ate a lot of, we didn't eat a lot of meat growing up. My mom wasn't a vegetarian, but she would serve me like two or three times a week. And then the rest of the time she made like stewed tomatoes and brown butter noodles or um, yeah. She would do corn on the cob and, and fried tomatoes, um, yeah. you know, ground butter potatoes and endive salad and not meat. And I shared that on the site and a whole bunch of people wrote, we need meat. And I'm just like, oh, oh you my know, gosh, I, God, I mean, stop. <laughs> I, I knew that people would be like that because um, when I got sure. married, Dave was like, well, where's the meat?
0: That's so funny. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's part of that, too. And I don't know if this is your mother's perspective, but, you know like our families, not my, not my grandmother's side, but my paternal side, my, my grandfather on that side, who's Pennsylvania Dutch, but out from uh, like, um, Allentown area, they were like extremely poor. And like, they would eat like rabbit and like groundhog and sure. like squirrel. Could, yeah, my I mom mean, it made wasn't
1: like,
0: yeah, you know, it's like, not like the, the way that we eat now and we have the access to all of these different things that would have been so scarce then that was also mm-hmm. a reason why they came up with these incredibly simple dishes that were still like nourishing and stuff. but. It's it's so fascinating, isn't it? Because I just can't even get into that with people. I'm just like, Okay, I mean, sure. You just do that. You do you, buddy. <laughs> Cause it's you know, and it's weird because, you know, like we didn't always eat like this and up until a couple of years ago we were eating pork and sauerkraut. We made pork all the time, my husband and I, and we'd eat it with vegetables. Like we'd still try and make it like like healthier or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's it's like a transition and it's like anything else you have to like adapt and you know, just train your body to be, to acclimate to it. But, you know, I never try and push that on people. But, well, you it's know, Penguin and you- Dutch people aren't great at change. <laughs> no, indeed, which is why I was asking you the question. Cause it's always interesting to me when people grow up in the culture, like, what do they think of what's going on now? Because, you know, we get a lot of people, and certainly not you, but, like when we do shows and stuff, we'll get a lot of like real old heads that are just like, like older people in the community that are just like, oh, you know, these, these youngins, these whippersnappers. And my husband's like in his th- late sixties, <laughs> i like, no, not young whippersnappers, but it's it's interesting to me always because I'm still, it's like, I'm a little kid here because I'm just getting to like immerse myself in the culture. And it's like very exciting to me. Like a little kid would be excited, you know, but then I always feel like I'm pretty extra for normal people that have like grown up around here because they're just like what's so great about Oli like what is your problem but clearly (laughs) I think a lot of the
1: local people like Carrie Halp is very young but she grew up on the farm next door and married a farmer and she is very very well aware of her um, culture and very proud of it and very proud of her grandparents and their culture and loves loves you know, but, but is progressive, you know, in, in the way she has yes. to be, but, but is very grounded in her roots. And I love to see that in a young yes. man. Her little boy is, I guess he's two now. And he's, um, he's, he was dragging around ring bologna today. <laughs> oh, that's
0: so cute. <laughs> and nuts, yeah. Oh, that's so um, fun. Yeah. That's what, um, Daniel Fisher would, he'd be like real famous for the ring bologna because he would give it to the yellow house. And then I guess they had a stand to it zerns. So you probably saw them. My grandmother would stand there with them too. And so. Um,
1: I'm sure I did over the years. I just. Um, if I saw a picture of them. I would probably know who it
0: was. Yeah. I think. It's neat though. Facebook offers us that. Which is neat. Because. Like I saw a picture of him and my grandmother at Zern's. Because somebody shared it on like Boyertown Historical mm-hmm. yeah. site or whatever. Which is really neat about Facebook. But. um. Yeah. Beth, listen, thank you so much for taking time to sit down with me. And this was so much fun. And I just enjoy all the things you do. And you're a wonderful person. Oh, you're sweet. You are too. I I love your song. One more thing. Um, (laughs) Can I
1: tell you one more thing? Oh, yeah. um, Yeah. Is that you said about diverse, your mom wanted diversity. And I got that from living in Reading. And um, when I moved down here, when I grew up, we lived in Reading first and then moved down to Boyertown. And we had um, friends of every color. And we would bring them down to our, to our little area and the neighbors were not, Mm. well, it just was hard for the neighbors because they were kids of all different colors. But so I'm very grateful for um, my family, my mom, that they always, the Mennonite church had, um, had affiliations in Reading with, with churches and always had like um, people that they would take to the farm and that they would help out and that they would work for and, I'm grateful for the diversity and, and, and I really, I love being Pennsylvania Dutch, but I love, I love as much the diversity of um, having lived in the city. You know what I mean? I I, I I wouldn't want to be one or the other. I mean, I just, so I just wanted to mention that, that I really like, um, I love my culture, but I love other cultures too. And I'm glad to, um, to learn about them and know about them and not, not be intimidated by them, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I I I I'm really appreciate that you said that because it's not like I don't like that she made that choice and I totally understand it and I'm actually yeah. really glad she did because I grew up in an extremely diverse place. It was just very strange. We were like, no, I mean, there was nobody that was German or Pennsylvania German. Um yeah. it was like Italian, Irish, um African American and Puerto Rican. And yeah. and that's all good and and everybody like we got along fine, but I just felt very lost um but I was oh, also like a no. weird kid, you know, yeah. and, but, and it's good to return to your roots.
1: And and, to, and I'm so yeah. grateful that you have that, that love now me too. for them, you know, But listen, here's the thing,
0: my favorite. <laughs> but oh, anyway. me too. Well, listen, here's the thing that's sad is my mom grew up on East Philadelphia or no, she grew up on, um, what the heck East Fourth street. And, you know, in Boyertown, when she was growing up, they had the KKK marches, like, let's just keep it yeah. real. And it freaked her out. And my family was not my family was super like liberal, even back then. And my grandparents were not at all in that way. And uh, I think my mom was just like, got the ickies and needed to get out. And I'm really glad she did. And and my, the way that I view our culture now, with my lens that I grew up in, because I grew up in a diverse place, is the way I would like it to be. And um, I sometimes I come in here and forget about that past. And sometimes I have to remind myself because Speaking of Puerto Rican food, my daughter, my eldest is actually biracial and she very recently, you know, she's like 12 and and the identity stuff when you're in puberty is really tough. Thank you, Beth. I love her so much. She's she's my joy and she's my little like mini mommy. We, we were like best friends, you know, but she said to me recently, like, I just really identify more with my Puerto Rican side like, because I don't look Pennsylvania Dutch. And I was like, like, it just, it broke my heart. So I was like, oh, how can I do like some kind of a photo series or something and show her that? We're not all just, you know, white bread and look all the same. And there's right. many, many different I mean, I'm I'm really pulling here, pulling, but well my there family. Is diversity, my know. family
1: came my my dad's family was from the French border. And when I got my DNA testing done, I had fifteen percent French.
0: Whoa. Yeah. We were too you mean had- like the Alsace? Uh huh like the Alsace Lorraine. Yeah, but it was, it was French. I think, I think that my dad's
1: family were French Huguenots who, um, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then my mom's side were, were very Mennonite. There was, you know, it was like my, but I was really surprised to see that 50% French. There was also, um, 4%
0: Nigerian,
1: wherever that came from. (sighs) I don't know. I
0: need to, I need to get mine done. I didn't get mine done, but I need to do that because it would be really fun to do that. But yeah, I was happy to see. And
1: there was Iberian Peninsula. I was happy to see all the diversity. I was like, yes. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the Not, thing. And if it so
1: would be 100% Dutch, it would be okay. I mean, no, I'm just. Saying. Yeah,
0: of course. No, but you know what's so fascinating to me is these people who are minded like that, they're probably so diverse in their bloodlines. Like, it's just so interesting, you know, because, you know, it's just so interesting. But I did feel sad for my daughter. and And it's fine if she, and, you know, her dad's absent. So I'm sure there's like a longing there, but. It's just hard because I don't want her to feel, I, I brought them here so they'd feel connected to their culture. Like, cause I right. didn't. So yeah. we always work in cycles like that as like you, you work against the way you were raised that your kids do the, the opposite. I'm sure she'll end up in Philly when she's 18. She'll love it. So
1: I have um, nieces who were just here who are biracial. Also, their mom was white and their dad was, is black. And um they love pork and sauerkraut and all kinds yes. of things such. and such. And they, they identify with that quite a bit. Now they live in Philly now, but when they were little, they were, they were on the farm a lot with their grandfather and they were scrapple babies and very Dutch.
0: Oh, And that's I awesome. think they'll,
1: I think they'll keep those, um those root. you know, I think they'll remember that, but um, you know, that part of their life. Yeah.
0: I mean, I hope so. And that's the thing, you know, it gets into this whole other story about, or other other conversation about like what your culture is, but then how you how you lo- look as far as race and, and certainly I, I'm going to respect how she feels she looks and how she wants to identify because that's her decision. But you know, it does break my heart because I wish, you know, maybe a bigger project someday is to show the diversity in our culture, because there, there are many people that I meet now, maybe not when my mom was raising us or, or leaving here, but nowadays it's like, you just can never tell, you know, and people will come up and say, I'm Pennsylvania Dutch. And I'm like,
1: yes. Look, my mom's my mom's best friend was black and her name was Joyce. Joyce spoke Pennsylvania Dutch and I didn't know that when we met her, we thought my mom my, like my mom's accent were off on her and her <laughs> dad was from Allentown and was raised Dutch and very fluent in in Pennsylvania Dutch and Joyce wow. was raised Dutch. And she was That's so She cool. was she was as Dutch as my mom and when they would rattle off Dutch together, we would just be like this <laughs> is so crazy. That's but, great. So, that's I love
0: true, it. But, um, anyway, do you do you cook Puerto Rican food? I try. I suck at it. My mother in law, my ex mother in law, tried to teach me how to make the rice. I was just, ugh, I don't know. I just never got it. You but want a lesson anytime
1: try. you come over? I make rice and gandules really well, and I also make Ooh. pastelios. I can't make pastelios. They're my favorite, but I'm I can make, make pastelios. Yeah, yeah oh, but I'm, and so I can good. even make a vegetarian version. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's vegan. But, um, yeah, because oh, I use a vegetable bouillon instead of chicken. So I make a yeah. vegetarian
0: version. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I, a shop here, we love so much, a firefly. I'm sure you've seen it. I, yeah. I share them a lot in Boyertown. Um, they're, they're, they're a husband and wife, and, and the co-owner, Michael, the husband, is also Puerto Rican. And he did this whole spread around uh, All Kings, Um, what the heck is it called, All Kings Day on January 6th. It was amazing. We had tamales. It was so good. But yes, oh, I'm not yeah. great at it. I wish I was better at it. But uh, yeah, my my ex mother in law Maya's grandmother is an amazing cook. Well, when you when you um, is- <laughs> when you when you come and stay overnight, we'll make a pot of rice. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'll bring Maya too because she's she's quiet and she won't bother anybody. She's and a lot of fun. Cares. That would be great. Cheers. <laughs> oh Beth, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good to talk. You guys to you. take.